Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, Connor fans, this is John Roca, the producer of Heroes. Well, if you like our show, you are going to love Don't Be Tardy with Kim Zolchak Bierman. Kim has done it all from motherhood to music to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Join Kim each week as she talks with her husband, Croy, and her amazing family and friends. Listen to Don't Be Tardy on Podcast One, PodcastOne.com, and Apple Podcasts. Also, remember to rate and review. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 it's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. two of the best teams of all time. We won one, they won one. Let's let this third one decide it once and for all. What's up, sweaties? It's episode 260. It's Monday. It's so hot in uh, L.A., New York. It's hot everywhere. Don't worry about global warming. Just get in some air-conditioned area. That's where we are. We're not worried about it because we're not sweating. We're not going to sweat. We are That's right. We got a lot of people on the show today. What's going on? We got Jay Washington back in the house. What's up, Jay? Uh, I'm happy, man. I'm glad to be here in air conditioning. Thank That's God, because right. it's hot. Amy is here. Hello. Yeah, and we've also got Claire from the UK. She's back. What's Hello, up? Oh, how are you doing? Thank you. Uh, it's just very warm. 
That's, that's the yeah. hot topic. The hot topic. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We're so sorry that you arrived here for everything to be on fire. It's yeah. okay. London is also on fire, but global warming doesn't exist, so it's okay. That's it's right. Fine. We must continue to, not, to deny the truth. Um, hey, you know what's real and what's true? Our T-shirts. And today's the last day, <laughs> Collider Heroes. You can get those T-shirts. Go to this website because this is the last day that you can get these sweaty T-shirts that are dripped in my own sweat. They're not. It's going to be your sweat. Hey, what's up, yo? And thank you for making the Collider Heroes the number one selling T-shirt out of all the shirts that we have sold through Bonfire. It's, it's, that's some great news. You guys made it happen. Gets, today's the last day, so definitely get those Collider T-shirts. Uh, Collider Heroes, get them now. They come in two different colors. Um, Speaking of T-shirts, let's get right into Ant-Man and the Wasp. Has nothing to do with T-shirts. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about I want to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Some people were upset about it. They're like it underperformed at seventy-six billion, and it's like I just gotta just gotta bring this up because to me it's like, you know, I mean I think the first Ant-Man made sixty-five million. Is that right, Roka? Yeah. Yeah. It's like 50, 54 million. That's, that's insane amounts of money. For Ant-Man. For, like, for, for Ant-Man. Ant-Man. A man, dude who's tiny that no one's ever heard of except for us nerds. We're like, we know who Ant-Man is. Everyone's like, what is it? Ant? Is he like Spider-Man but an ant? It's like, no. It's like. So $76 million, I don't know what people expect nowadays. I, 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 know I do what know it they is. expect the Marvel. If they didn't break 100, it's going to be a failure. That coming to be in the movie right after Infinity War. Mm. They expected it to be the movie after Infinity War. Oh, it should do like 120, 125. It's not. It's Ant-Man no matter what. Well, right. It's a totally different movie that's serving a different portion of the audience. Yes. Uh, and it, like... Doing twenty million dollars better than your movie before sounds good to me. I yeah. don't think that's bad. So it sounds like it made more money. Um, hey, guess what? It's also awesome. Um, let's. I know Claire because you live in the UK. You have these weird sports laws or whatever. It's <laughs> 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 yeah, a mandatory World Cup. I don't really understand yeah, it. Unfortunately, what? because of the World Cup, which <laughs> everyone is watching, everyone, man, woman, child, dog, cat, gerbil is watching. <laughs> like, literally, when England are playing, I said to these guys, when England are playing in London, it's like 28 days later, just like old people cycling in the street, <laughs> tumbleweeds, and then me with my shopping bags going, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's weird, but um, I've not seen it yet. I've read a lot about it, and I had lots of fun with Ant Man. Mm. And you guys were saying hope is front and center and stuff. So I'm yes. really looking forward to. It. And also, Peyton Reed came out and he said that it's totally different from the other Marvel films and things. Anyway, so I mean, it earned something like forty percent more or something than the last one. So it seems all right to me. I'm up for seeing it. I'm yeah. excited. Like, I wouldn't have cared if it made 10 bucks. I still think it's a great <laughs> film. I think it's so much fun. Yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. Like, look, Ant-Man was a comedy. A lot of people might have had issues with that. I Look, I enjoy laughing. And I was like, hey, look, I love comedies. I love super movies. This worked. It, I, did, it didn't feel like I got campy. a lot of people who responded to, like, reviews I did and hit me on social media. was like, oh, it's a comedy? I'm out. I'm like, wait, did you watch Guardians of the Galaxy? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Guardians is a comedy almost all the way through but with a little bit of action. It's the same type of movie. Did yeah. you watch Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. If you watch those movies and you're saying you won't see this because it's a comedy, 
you really didn't or Deadpool or De- or Deadpool either. which is basically it is it's just a full it's a rated R comedy exactly you know and it's like people will say that and it's just I don't people think every superhero film now should just be action bang bang from beginning to end Ugh. if it was that we would be mad as hell let's just be realistic everybody yeah. would be like I don't want to see this this is just too much where's where's the story where's the development you got that in Ant-Man and Wasp so you need something that punctuates the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. you know, and at the moment the DC Universe, when I think of DC, I think of grey and blackness, and I'm like, Ugh. you need something that punctuates, you know, lots of different types of films. It's like, do you like laughing? Yes. Do you like fun and happiness? Yes. <laughs> do you like superheroes? Ant-Man. Like, yeah. So yeah. I don't get, I don't get why the Please add haters. 50% more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I felt like <laughs> this movie was Ant-Man and the Wasp, so a great introduction to the Wasp. She has incredible oh, action scenes. I was so happy. I felt the villain, the ghost, is really well established. Everything about the story works great. It, it just moves along like a little train, and then it gets to the finish line, and you're like, I love this movie. And then, of course, there's the end credit scene. But anyway... We're, we're holding that in a separate part that's of a our separate, It's almost like a separate movie, but like, <laughs> well, let's, without any spoilers, Amy, let's start with you. What are, what are your thoughts about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, so I... Really, really loved it. And I feel like part of that is for sort of meta reasons around the movie because, like, you automatically, you, you've gotten very far with me when you say the words Janet Van Dyne, like, I'm already in. Mm-hmm. But I think that the movie works on its own merits. Uh, and, like, obviously it was really satisfying to watch the first co-headlining female hero yeah. actually, like, at the center of her movie doing a bunch of cool stuff with a motivation that you can really care about. Uh, and uh, from what I could tell, like, no gratuitous butt shots. I know this is a weird low bar, but, like, it's a, a bar I'm very excited to see them pass. Uh, and, and like, I don't know. I, I thought it was wonderful. It, it, I like your version of it. Like, do you like comedy? Do you like fun? Do you like superheroes? It's not something that I would drag people off the street and be like, you're going to love this, Thor Ragnarok or Black Panther style. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you already know that you like superhero movies and you like fun ones specifically and you're going to get some kind of fun, complicated heist with lovable characters, see this movie. I yeah. loved it. I kind of want to, like, just take Amy with me whenever I haven't seen a film. Just, like, sell it to me. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. You and basically sold it to me. If you're specifically me, you'll, like, you know, cry three times because it's the what? <laughs> and it's, like, she's metaphorically the mother of the Marvel Universe and all the women in it, and she's literally the mother of the Marvel Universe and its first co-headlining woman, and it's fine. It's fine, and that's a reasonable reaction, I'm going to pretend. Right, and it's, <laughs> it's very important, especially with the Avengers. We've got... You know, y'all have seen Avengers Infinity War, right? Um, so it ends with the original core Avengers. Right. Mm. And so to make it real, to make it the real core Avengers, you have to have Ant-Man and the Wasp in that. So, Jay, what are your thoughts? Everything Amy said, I echo those sentiments. I love how she was, she took the lead in a lot of things she does in the film. Whenever you saw her, she was commanding on screen. But one of the biggest scenes that a lot of people will tell you about is Michael Pena gives one of his <laughs> flashback scenes. Yeah. It's not even him talking. It's the cast recreating it. Yeah. Because to watch Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly do the, their head movements like he talks is hilarious. Yes. Uh, I, didn't ex- I didn't know what to expect from Lawrence Fishburne. But I got something amazing out of that. Because when you see it in the trailer, you're like, okay, he'll just be here for five, ten minutes. Right. And that's it. And then you find out he plays a bigger part right. and possibly going forward as well. 
Oh, so yeah. it wasn't like a Jeff Goldblum. No, 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 no. They stood everybody off with that one. Yeah, but it, <laughs> he's bigger. He can go forward in this universe oh. from what you saw. Yeah, literally that, and figuratively bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and figuratively, right? Because we saw in the trailer, <laughs> twenty-one feet. <laughs> so to see all that, you know, Walton Goggins is like my spirit animal. So <laughs> Walter Goggins, well, he's, he makes anything better. He makes anything he's just better. The greatest he is my actor spirit animal in yeah. life. Yeah. But I love the movie. I love what it brought. I love how it it sets up everything to go forward. And Michelle Pfeiffer was like on point. They made she sure was to, a get. They were like, like, "Yo, you got Michelle Pfeiffer. You're going to use it." And speaking of which, they finally utilized Michael Douglas yes. for real. Yes, they finally utilized him. So everything about that made me love this film. Oh my god, goosebump level achieved! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All all the characters that were set up in Ant Man and all the op, the actual promise of things that were mm-hmm. set up in Ant Man are executed in Ant Man and the Wasp. So it's like literally, if you loved Ant Man, you will absolutely love Ant Man and the Wasp. That's how I felt about it. I felt it was just as good as the first one. So um, go see the movie. It's out now. Yeah, clear. <laughs> you're Jesus in America. Don't you, World Cup, don't you. I know. Uh. You're like, you're, you're, you also said you're walking along, you just heard occasionally, like, people cheering. Yeah, it's like, occasionally you have, like, in a pub, it's like, ah. Like, and it just like, echoes through the street. Right. It's kind of like 20 Days Later meets Twin Peaks, like maybe a small dwarf in the corner sort of talking back. <laughs> it is bizarre in London right now. So, yeah, sorry for World Cup fans, but Ant-Man for me is way more important. Yeah, I would think it's just people <laughs> screaming about not being able to see Ant-Man occasionally. It's just, yeah. no, <laughs> like all together. Um, you know what? We all screamed this weekend uh, about the passing of Steve Ditko. So this is a, the creator of Doctor Strange, the co-creator of Spider-Man with Stan Lee. Uh, Steve Ditko is 90 years old. He uh, passed away uh, in his sleep is what I believe I read. But, uh, hey, you know, he was a recluse. He's a very, very individual person with his own thought process about the way he wanted to write and draw comics and Literally, that's what he did for like the last, I'd say, 25 years or so. He, he made his own comics, wrote about you know whatever he wanted to write about. It was very, some would say, very Randian, very kind of extreme, almost like his characters, the question, Mr. A, the, this kind of right and wrong kind of mm-hmm. attitude. Uh, and, you know, I bought all his comics. He, he would uh, run a bunch of Kickstarters. Even last year, he ran a Kickstarter paid 60 bucks i got some kind of crazy package in the mail like about eight months later it was like these weird like black and white fanzines i was like this is some mad shit man he was just still doing stuff so still drawing even at 90 so uh let's talk about steve ditko so i mean a lot of people obviously know he was the co-creator of spider-man a lot of people don't know he was the single creator of dr strange mm-hmm. stan lee did not come up with dr strange steve steve ditko came up with dr strange by himself, and then Stan Lee came along and said, I'll write it. Mm-hmm. So he's even, Stan Lee admitted this in his own editorials, so it's not like anything that we're making up. Stan Lee himself wrote that in Marvel Comics. Like, uh, But it was great to have Stan Lee's uh, verbose way of like, by the hoary hosts of Hoggoth, we would never have some of those, the weirdest <laughs> phraseology uh, that I tried saying many times. I still didn't know if I was saying Dormammu right. <laughs> like, here's a million different weird, weird things you got to learn how to say. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Um, but anyway, what an amazing uh, character, Doctor Strange. And, you know, to live this long to see a movie made of it that honored Steve Ditko's version. Yep. I mean, Scott Derrickson, thank you so much. Everyone at Marvel Studios, 
if you, anybody out there was a Doctor Strange fan of the comic books, especially the Lee Ditko comic books, that movie had all of that. So I can't wait to see Doctor Strange 2 or however they're going to keep using that character. Uh, he also did a bunch of other characters when he moved over to uh, uh, DC. Mm-hmm. He did the question. Well, actually, Charlton. Let me. The, char- the <laughs> question is a Charlton character. So that wasn't DC or Marvel. It was another branch of characters. So he did the redesign of Blue Beetle, and he came up with his own character called The Question. And uh, years later, Alan Moore kind of took those characters and wrote Watchmen, and then they were like, don't use those characters. We're going to do. We're going to reincorporate them into DC. So that's how, why we got Rorschach. So Rorschach is a splinter version of everything that the question and Mr. A are. So he was really literally, Alan Moore was like, great, I get to even do more weird Steve Ditko-ness, you know, just make it even seep, soak in, in Ditko's weirdness. So uh, you would not have Rorschach if you didn't have Steve Ditko's The Question. And then, of course, when he did move over to uh, D.C., he did a couple of very strange Stalker was one. He did Shade the Changing Man, <laughs> which has gone on to have an incredible life. Of, of that that character's had his own life. Uh, the Creeper, which is a, a creepy, yellow, weird guy with a string bikini. Very, You don't want to meet that dude in an alley. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, ha, 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 just, just here's the money. I don't, I don't you know. It's like, wouldn't want to fight the Creeper. He's just creepy. So what are, what are, your, what are your thoughts about Steve Ditko? Let's start with you, Jay. It's sad to have that person passed to have Steve pass away but when you hear that age you're like they and what they've done they lived a long and fruitful life and while we're bringing some of the characters people don't realize also he helped co-create a lot of Spider-Man's rogue gallery mm-hmm. oh yes mm-hmm. you know I'm looking at I knew about this but I wanted some of the actual names Chameleon Vulture Tinkerer Doc Ock Sandman Lizard uh, Living Brain Electro Mysterio Green Goblin Craven, Scorpion mm-hmm. uh, all these are help he helped create Pretty much all of them. All of his made the, the Sinister Six that we know and love, yeah. he, he'll do that. And I know a lot of people say, well, what about Electro, this, that, and the third? But there are certain ones when you put Electro is one of them, but there's certain ones you put that combination together, the six, you love that. And they, like you said, you grew up on these comics. And Doctor Strange was the weird one because I'm a weird kid. So I was like, I want to learn magic. But again, I couldn't. I was Dormammu. That's still me. <laughs> I'm hoping to God is right. I'm hoping to God is right. But. To know that what he did, the imprint he had on society for those of us who are comic book nerds, though who who just not maybe just may not be get in, in, you know introduced until his works will be long lasting. So you know I'm always taught it's never a mourning of a passing, but a celebration of life. Well said. How about you, Amy? Yeah, it's. I mean, we. This is this one may feel different from some of the ones where it's sort of like like Mike Waringo passing much much sure. much too early. But like I feel lucky that sort of that we had him as long as we did. And I loved what Neil Gaiman had to say uh, in his tribute, which was something along the lines of, uh, you know, I know I'm different because he was here. Yeah. Um, and we all are. Yeah. Like we wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing. And and his mm-hmm. particular energy, his preoccupations, the things he were is interested in, like the vision of his Doctor Strange work, expanded the Marvel universe forever. And the energy of his Peter Parker was such an important part of the DNA of that character. Like you might imagine, sort of like the John Romita version when you think about Sixty Spider Man, but the DNA of this sort of like the loneliness of Peter, the way he didn't fit in. It was all in sort of like Ditko. So there's a reason Ditko and not Kirby who can do anything and is wonderful. Like, but Kirby's big energetic characters were not the right fit for that. Ditko's 
I don't know where I belong mm. was the right energy for that character. Um, and, and it, you know, it changed all of us. Uh, How about you, Claire? Well, like you said, I think that's a really good way to describe it, which it changed us all. Even if when you started getting into comics, like Spider-Man thing, that Spider-Man was my first... X-Men, Spider-Man, but more so Spider-Man was like my gateway comic book drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like picked it up and I remember going, oh my God, Peter Parker, oh my God, that's me. And it's this moral story. It's this you know, kind of strange little geeky guy, but the world is so much bigger than that. He changes the landscape. It changed me and got me right into comics. And then I went back from there in the 90s and started to look at all the Ditko stuff. And the worlds that he created, we wouldn't have, I think, all of these amazing galactic, strange third-eye adventures if it wasn't for Steve Ditko. And he wasn't even tripping. Like, that's just from his (laughs) sober brain what an amazing talent and yes we are very lucky that we had him for so long so it's very sad but he's given us all so much so i think we just have to remember that positive he's changed the world for good like a real superhero definitely hey Mm. cody let's go full screen of that picture of steve ditko and i just want to give a moment of silence Right on. <clears throat> we'll never forget you, Steve. Uh, he's going to live forever in comic books. So rediscover him if you don't know who he is. Go out. He did the last like ten issues of Rom. Come on, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> so minor mutations. Where let's get right into it. Margot Robbie has confirmed Ooh. that Birds of Prey <laughs> has an R rating, and she, she says they're starting. The <laughs> they're going to start. Okay. <laughs> They're going to start shooting in January, Jay. Do you think that's going to happen? Why do we need this movie? Because what do we... How many Margot Robbie movies are going to come out? Birds of Prey, Harley vs. Joker, Suicide Squad 2. I don't... Do we... Is it really going to happen? You know what? I'll have to say this. All those other ones that you mentioned are not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. No, like all those other ones, like okay. Joker versus or Joker and Harley, Harley yeah. and uh, what's the other one? Suicide Squad too. Nope. Or if it does, it'll be like a year later. Okay. And then what's the other one? Uh, Gotham City Sirens. Got, Sirens. Got, yeah, yeah, Gotham City Sirens. That got iced. It's um, like... Got iced. So she's producing this movie. So I believe that this is the one that's... I'm waiting on them to announce the other cast members, to announce the Catwoman, to announce the Poison Ivy. Then I'll know you guys are going to production. Yeah. That, that'll be it for me. You know what? They have to announce it, and if they announce it at San Diego Con, that would be amazing. Why? Because she's talking about them start... They're going to start rolling in January. Now, that's not that far away. Not at all. And that's not far away for them to be like, guess who we got? As our cast. Why not get that hype machine rolling? Best place, free advertisement is San Diego Comic Con. What do you think? So I was fascinated because I, I was sort of catching up on some of the, the comments that she's made on, on this over time. Uh, and... Uh, what I was surprised to find was that I had missed the where she said essentially she was not involved in those other versions of the product projects that were like theoretically going forward with her version of Harley, and she she described oh. the process as that she has spent three years pitching DC on Birds of Prey just over and over until they thought it was ready, uh, which is an interesting like. It, it seems like that should have been a slam dunk and it should have been earlier. As weird as it is for me as a comic book fan that Harley's the main character of Birds of Prey, when she's looking at it as a filmmaker, 
and saying, here's the kind of thing I was looking for, and here's what I thought was the best fit. Um, it sounds like she was heavily involved in fighting for this director, for Kathy Ann. Um, it sounds like she's been working closely with the screenwriter. Uh, it sounds like they have put the time in to try to get a vision. Like, off the bat, when you say, like, R-rated Birds of Prey movie, I don't get excited because I have sort of... I'm like, I don't know. Uh, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> but if it's... When, when she describes sort of the, like, I wanted a girl gang film, why don't we see enough female friendships? Why don't we see enough stuff like this? I'm kind of like, I am, you have my attention. Like, these are some interesting concerns. And if they're backing you up on this, uh, no matter what the process was to get to that point, like, I'm kind of back on board. Uh, it, it, because it sounds like the things we always ask for, take your time, find the right collaborators, find the right approach, it sounds like they're trying to do that. Now, this latest article also said much smaller budget than other DC movies, which sounds like setting them up for failure, or it sounds like setting them up... I don't know. Setting I don't know whether that's freedom is the way I look at it because then so. you can take chances. Yeah, and that way you don't have to do a jillion dollars to make your money back on something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I'm 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 now sort of tentatively in when I would not my ordinary instinct would not be like if you told me some random person was doing an R-rated Harley Quinn centered Birds of Prey movie, I'd be like that does not make any sense. But the actual path that we're taking to get there kind of has me won over. So play this back to me in a couple of years and tell me whether I was stupid, but I'm kind of excited. Right on. No, you're not stupid. What do you think, Claire? I kind of I don't know. I think I I've got sort of well, I was going to say mixed feelings. You know, bugger. I've got strong feelings about the DC universe. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be like on the fence here. Um as, as much as I just love seeing superheroes um, realised on screen villains and heroes and things, I just think the DC universe is slightly convoluted. And oh, I want to talk about that aspect a little bit later through minor mutations. But I just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm just kind of waiting to see a bit of Jay, a bit of Amy. I want to see who they cast. Mm. Um, I really like the way I've been reading about the comments that Margot Robbie has said, and I like that she's saying your representation matters and we need things through different eyes. And, and we saw that with Black Panther. We're going to see that. You're seeing that through Hope and, uh, and Ant-Man, and hopefully we'll see it here. So I just think it'll be nice to see the, the superhero universe punctuated with some different stuff. But that doesn't mean that stuff's going to be good. <laughs> but it remains to be seen. But my whole feeling about the DC thing is it's just a little bit convoluted for me and so I'm always a bit like skeptical when I hear this news. That's my, my thoughts. Right on. Well, I, yeah, I think the, the constantly pumping the R rating to me is like, I don't care about the rating, just make the movie. I kind first. of hope they change their mind. but Yeah, it's like just make the movie and then rate it. Deadpool and Logan changed everything. Yeah. No, now everybody's true. like, they work. They can work so we can do it. It's like a fad more than a... More yeah. than, yeah, more than actually going to the... Sticking to the source material and things like that. It's already, already comic book movies work. Do it. But that sort it. of stinks is like people... Uh, like, I just can imagine guys in boardrooms, like women in these corporate boardrooms going, so that works, so we do this. And it's just like admin or whatever else. It's, it's just... The, the money men seeing the, the dollar signs, ching, 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 and, and that's all they're right. seeing. Right, I mean, so. remember Batman v Superman was rated R, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad was rated R, and then they cut those. The day was like, PG-13. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm happy to see what they come up with, you mm. know. Uh, James Mangold thinks fan backlash mm. is going to lead to films being made by hacks. So, uh, not going to disagree with that feeling, because, honestly, like, a lot of uh, a lot of people out there on the internet. Uh, everyone has their own opinion, and that's great. 
I'm, I'm always happy to read about other people's opinions. Uh, I'm very opinionated, so, you know, I sometimes, ah, oh, that person said that, you know, whatever. Um, but they should never be in charge of anything. You know, make a movie first. <laughs> Get into production first. Work as a PA for six months or a year first before you can even dare to have an opinion about making something. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, you can have your opinion, but don't like the, the whole last Jedi like you know fan remake thing I mean it's gotten to a clownish level of stupidity where it's like wasn't even going to bring it up but it's so dumb I just had to mention it it's so stupid the level of people who are so angry about a like a couple of scenes like whether you like the last Jedi or you hated the last Jedi or you love the last Jedi there's such a divisiveness that that same kind of mentalities is bubbling over into the DC universe, into the Marvel universe, into the you either love this or you hate that. It's like this really black and white universe, which is like, that's not what human beings are made of. We're made of everything. We're the gray matter in between the white and the, the black. It's sort of like, I mean, it's just, it's so silly. So like to hear someone like James Mangold say that, he's saying it because he's incredibly smart. He's a, a fantastic filmmaker. And he's unfortunately joined the Star Wars train because he was like, yeah, I was working on a Boba Fett thing. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm not doing anything Mandalorian style. I'm working on a car chase movie. You know, that's, mm -hmm. he had to announce that because he was getting bombarded, I guess, by a bunch of people like, what are you doing with Boba Fett? Who the hell knows? <laughs> but he's like so pissed off right now, but he has every right to be. But that's like Christopher McQuarrie. He was like, I was going to do a Star Wars movie. Nope. And you'll start having directors who you want at the helms of these films. Right. Like, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. Right. I want to be able to work and make a project, make a film that I'm passionate about. Work with a project that I have a great ensemble cast around me, cast and crew. But dealing with the internet, unfortunately, because that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of people who want to sit in anonymity in a basement in somebody's house typing away. Nobody wants to be bombarded with that consistently. Nobody, I don't care who you are. You know, people will say, well, you, if you put yourself in a public light like we do, we, we're, we're allowing it to happen. No, we don't. These directors want to work and make good projects they can be proud of. And no one wants to be scrutinized at every turn for any and every little thing. And so, yes, James Mango is absolutely right. You know, some people will say, well, he can only say that because he made Logan. No, he can say that because he's a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the films he's done. He's a filmmaker, and he these other filmmakers are his contemporaries. They're his colleagues, and they don't want to go through it just as much as he doesn't. Just like James Gunn had to say, I turned in the first script for, for Guardians 3. It's just a script. It's just the first draft, okay? Y'all can calm down. <laughs> it's sad that directors have to go through that when they're trying to get people excited about a project. But now they have to go, and they have this whole extra amendment to what they said. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope that that... that Solely for stops. You know what I mean? I feel like they should just be like, here's what I'm doing, and then they don't have to respond. What do you think? Well, uh, there's a couple of ways it can go. Either somehow people are going to stop thinking that making people's lives miserable is a great hobby. Uh, like, you ate a sandwich. Let me remind you I hated your movie. Like, which is a totally bizarre thing to do. And, like, until you've been on the other side of that, you don't get how, like, how bad that is where you're like, great, cool, can't eat a sandwich can't like we're gonna they're gonna quit twitter for their own sanity they're gonna not be able to have lives the way we all have lives that they can't like post things it's it is i mean y'all i'm sure saw and you may have talked about it on the show uh the post by uh what's his face ahmed best 
um, who yes. play Jar Jar oh, yeah. and the prequels. Um, there's, it's not new that people will lob hate at the humans that are behind a thing that made them unhappy, but it is easier than it used to be. And I, I really wish that, like, if that's your hobby, quit. Find a better use of your time because you are hurting people. Like, that's it. That's, I don't know that we can reach anyone, but if that sounds like you... Please get no, a better well hobby. said. I mean, uh, you know, Ahmed Best and Roka, you know, you're very brave to talk about some of the stuff mm-hmm. that you went through a couple of years back. You know, I didn't know about that. I read that. I was like, damn, I didn't know about that. But it's like, you know, everybody goes through things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially if you're put on a spotlight like that guy Ahmed mm-hmm. Best was, that's the dude who played Jar Jar. Yep. So we're like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on record hating the Phantom Menace and making fun of Jar Jar, never making fun of the actor no. Ahmed Best, never hating on that mm-hmm. guy's performance, no. hating on the way the dialogue was written in a very racial way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, there's, it's a no-win situation. What do you think, Claire? I, uh, I treat all the online world like it's The Sims. <laughs> and it's not real. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I think I don't think a lot of people do that, and it hurts people, like you say. But here's here's the thing, okay? We are living in really, really terrible times right now, okay? And movies and books and comics are a wonderful way for us to escape this horrible reality that we're sometimes living in. We see all this news and things and politics. And so let's enjoy those films for what they are. We've got these amazing creators spending their time and their life, their blood, sweat and tears, making this for us, making it for us. And if you don't like it, don't have anything to say, do not say it at all, and that's it. I didn't like The Last Jedi, okay? Didn't like it. But I'm not out there going, ah, you cast this person and that person. Who cares? On to the next film, on to the next feel-good film, and that's what it is. Let's be kind to one another, because the world is already such a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Hey, the Batman is entering pre-production. Finally, are we getting an answer? Is that is that what's happening? Do I just leave now? Yeah. Yeah. Do I just leave? Yeah, so there's, I guess, a lot of artwork done based off of Matt Reeves' script, so that's great news. <laughs> So I feel like there's going to be some kind of major announcement, perhaps at Hall H, um, which I'm seriously hoping. DC will announce everything. everything. Hey, y'all know what you're here for, right? right. This is everything. Yeah, totally. yeah. You the have next two hours. This is locked down. You know, locked down. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about that pre-production art? Are you just skipping yourself? My heart don't want to say everything. No, it's just finally okay. It, this this has been a, a film in the works for years since we heard about Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. and now it's going into pre production. Yeah, they're going to announce everything next week at Comic Con. Here's your Batman. Now the odds are in the air. Who it, who the hell it is? Nobody has a clue as who it could be. Like who's Batman? If they say Mark Wahlberg, I swear to God, oh, <laughs> I swear to Lord, I will jump into a saw trap myself. But <laughs> but it's it's gonna happen. I trust Matt Reeves, but I just want this production to finally happen for us to keep talking about it for so long. Yeah, I agree, Amy. I think it's really encouraging news. I, I'm I, I hope that that means announcements at Comic Con like concrete stuff uh, you know I, I always say to take their time and it looks like they did um, but hopefully that means that we're ready to go 
with whatever it is. Oh, it's <laughs> Yeah, I love how everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> words. <laughs> Batman words. <laughs> Batman words. Uh, Batman words. Batman stuff. I just kind of feel like, again, this this just, I'm not that bothered by this Batman news because I'm just like, oh, what was that? Bat, bat who? Oh. <laughs> Uh, whatever. I read something they were going to go back to do a younger Bruce Wayne. The thing is, I've like read so much Batman and seen so much Batman now over the years that I'm like, oh, I'm a bit done with Batman, you know. <laughs> and that's I'm just a bit bored with it all unless they do something amazing. I would be interested to find out who would be directing it and things like that. Matt Reeves. Uh, sorry, Matt Reeves. Sorry, and who, uh, how it's going to look like properly when like, we actually start to see proper, proper, proper stuff. Like, right. I want to, I want to get like casts and stuff like. That. But I'm not that... I'm just not that bothered by Batman. I'm so sorry, Batman fans. Not bothered. Hey, no reason to apologize. It's just the constant beatdown of nothing. Yeah, like, <laughs> what eventually Words. kind of, like, makes you... Uh, at least we have the comics, and we do. Yes. Uh, Peyton Reed is really gunning for this very special comic book, The Fantastic Four. So, you know, I know it's not official that it's not back in Marvel Studios yet. Relax. I know it's not official, but... <laughs> Just pretend it is already. Whatever. So Peyton Reed, you know, he's been, he's been working on a fantastic <laughs> movie forever. He no, was boy, it's like, it just feels like every tweet that comes. I know, the right? Block, it's not official. Yeah, I know, right? Everyone always like, loves correcting you. It's not been a signed deal. I'm sorry. Are you, are you a part of Marvel Studios? You're really, are you in the board of yeah, Are you in there? Are you part of the meetings? Well, they haven't officially stamped it. All right, thanks. <laughs> Stamps haven't happened yet. But anyway, mm. so Peyton Reed worked on his own version of the Fantastic Four back in the early 2000s, uh, where it was literally the 1960s version of the Fantastic yes. Four. And it started out in the, it was this action scene where they're like, it's the Fantastic Four, broad daylight, and the camera pans around, and you just see the thing fighting. And it was like this massive action sequence in broad daylight. And I was like, that sounds so cool. And, of course, this is the director who's just done Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. He is the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's so fun to see that reality edging slowly closer and closer to it becoming reality. What do you guys think, Claire? I like that. Uh, I read that about the, the 60s version, and I like the fact that the Fantastic Four would be like the Beatles. Right. <laughs> They'd be like the rock stars. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. Like, I really, really do. I would really love to see a really fun version of the Fantastic Four uh, with, you know, Galactus and stuff like done like villains and heroes mm. done right because right. it's such a rich, amazing world, and we've just not seen it yet. And I think the time's right. Like, I'm really, I'd be quite excited to see something like that for sure. How about you? Well, like, I don't think Peyton Reed has to be gunning for it because we keep obsessively asking him about it. <laughs> but uh, because I had heard you talking a little bit about the film, when I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, I couldn't help watching it kind of as an audition for Fantastic Four. Uh, and, like, it seems like he values the kinds of things that I value in a story and enjoys the kinds of things that I enjoy in a story. Uh, and, like, there were a lot of moments where I was like, yep, okay, we're going... I'm just going to pretend that this portal goes to the negative zone. It's working. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think, like, I agree... I don't think any of this is official yet, but, like, I would not be unhappy if this is what happens. Well, I mean, look at Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's all about family. And I felt like the way he directed mm-hmm. family dynamics, perfect, perfect. Note for note, he can do the Fantastic Four. I want to see him direct that. And I want to see the quantum, I want to see the quantum realm 
take the place of the negative zone. I don't mm. need yeah. them to call the negative zone. I would love it if they do a Fantastic Four movie, and it is set like the first the first hour of it is set in the '60s, and the old Stark Tower is actually the Baxter Building, Build it. <laughs> literally. Like the before, you know, before Stark took o- took it over, it was the Baxter Building or whatever. When they disappeared in some crazy thing, and then they went into the negative zone or whatever. I mean, I could come up with t- tons of ideas. What do you think, Jim? I'm gonna go the same route with you. You do the '60s version, and you bring in T'Chaka. Ooh, you can actually introduce T'Chaka. Oh. Yes. Because remember, that's how the Black Panther was introduced. Oh, in '52. In '52, yeah. in the Fantastic Four. Yep. And we've seen T'Chaka's suit in the Black Panther film. Right. And so some people are like, yo, I would have liked to see T'Chaka in action. Bam. Does the timeline work? Does it have to be his dad? Because he's young in like the 1960s. 90s? Works, 60s works for, could work for, yeah, for T'Challa's dad. Not T'Challa, T'Chaka. Right. His, it, could, it could work for, yeah, the 60s could work for him. Okay, right. so, we, so okay, we so we might have go, to go one more yeah, generation might, back, but make it more, work. Just yeah, make we it work. Go one more generation back, either or. But let's make that work because it will be dope. Because again, if they go into the quantum realm, right? When they come out, it's the it's current date. Then there's T'Challa and them. There's already this Black Panther history. He's been told, T'Challa's been told that the Fantastic Four knows of the Black Panther. Now you introduce whoever takes over. If Riri Williams is coming in, or whatever the case may be. Let Peyton Ray redo this. He knows how to handle a film that handles with different type of technology. We've seen this in Ant Man and the Wasp. Let him do that. Give the look here, Marvel. Kevin Feige, listen. Please be you. <laughs> I get. I have a flash shirt on. It was the only one that was clean for the day. I need <laughs> you. So with your heart, hand that man the keys to the Fantastic Four. Once, once it's stamped, it's official. Jay, now what did he say? Like whatever the news was, he was like, I have some real ideas or room. In, what was he saying? Some floating things in my mind about the Fantastic Four and X Men. Oh, that was fine. Oh, yeah. Feige was like, I've got ideas where I kind of want Fantastic Four and X Men to go. Look, you know exactly where you want to yeah, go, we were, man. Stop we, playing. Yeah, we were like, we were he's, already that, signed he's already that. signed. He already that. got the storyboards up. The script's already written. Right. He already got pre production costumes designed. Kevin yeah. Feige's like, look, just don't turn that board yet. Okay? Yeah. Just, just hold <laughs> yeah, on to that board. Hand, whatever, <laughs> hand. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it literally, like Amy said, he's shown he can do the family dynamic. And there are the other elements that have already been introduced for him for this film. And make for for God's sake, make a real Doctor Doom. Oh, they will, baby. That's the thing, too, is if they do set it in the 60s, like, Captain Marvel will be another film where it's set in another timeline, mm-hmm. like 1991. Uh, we've already seen flashbacks with Ant-Man and the Wasp, so, and, 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 and Ant-Man. We've yep. seen all these characters and Captain America, America from the 40s, so it's like, it makes sense to sprinkle the Marvel characters throughout yeah. history, and it makes total sense to have the Fantastic Four start in the 60s, disappear and reappear. Mm-hmm. Not whenever they, you know, the end of Phase 4, whenever they want to make it happen. Titans TV series will debut this fall. So that's, the, we've heard already the DC Universe, the streaming service is launching, mm-hmm. and they're going to launch it with the Titans TV series, which makes total sense. I mean, speaking of Steve Ditko, that's another one of his characters that he created was Hawk and Dove. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Rob Liefeld turned uh, one of them into a, a female, which is fine. But we've got the original Teen Titans with a bunch of other characters added into the mix. 
There's also Doom Patrol. I mean, I don't know what to expect, but I'm excited about it. So, I mean, they kind of got my money already. I'm like, with one show? I know it's nutty. But uh, what do you think, Jim? They got mine with Young Justice Season 3. <laughs> but Titans as well. Uh, I know a lot of people are upset about the set photos. But then when you hear, like you said, Doom Patrol comes in like Episode 5. And it's, it's a darker show. You know, we saw the first full costume of Robin. Right. And we saw Hawk and Doves. And I was like, I think I'm pretty much sold on this. Right. You know, I, I want to know what you're going to do. If it's going to stay dark in that realm and it's, it's streaming site, you, you're looser. You, can, you don't have to be confined to what TV lets you do. Right. You can just have fun with it. And DC is like, let's, do, let's make this happen. Make this our somewhat rival to Disney streaming service. So go for it. I mean, again, Young Justice Season 3 is what got me. But I'm here for Titans. How about you, Amy? Uh, I believe you can go sign up for that beta right now. I surely did already. Uh, <laughs> so go check out DC Universe. Like they, They're going to have all of us one way or another. They're going to have comics. They're going to have everything. I'm excited for Titans to be real. Uh, yeah, get on it. Yeah, all you got to do is give them your email. That's what I did. That's I all like, I did. The minute they're like, here you go. There you go. Oh, you got the email to sign, the uh, startup already? Yeah, no, no, they didn't send me. Oh, yeah, anything. that's what I'm saying. You yeah. get the email, you I do the beta. Yeah, okay, so I'll make sure. They're like, we need your email. Here we go. Okay, I'll make sure <laughs> I didn't miss that. I'll go check my email. I feel like I'm like, every time I call on Collider, like, I'm really down on DC. I'm like, yeah, DC rule. But actually, like, I'm really excited by this as well. Like, really, genuinely. I think it's good when you get that unabashed kind of creative freedom. Mm-hmm. And I actually quite like, uh, I mean, I don't think this will be like the, the other DC shows like Flash and Supergirl and stuff. They're a bit saccharine. But I quite, I quite like them. You know, I actually prefer the TV stuff and I'm looking forward to this because I want the darker edge. Mm-hmm. Okay? So bring it on. I say bring on. I want all of the Titans. Right. All of the stuff. Yeah, I can't wait for Doom Patrol and mm-hmm. Swamp Thing. So I feel like when they announced those two movies, they totally... They already had me with Titans, but I was like, oh, no. <laughs> whatever. I don't even know how much it's going to be. Like $10 or something yeah, like that? Like, Have they said? I think it's... I hope to God it ain't more than 10 I can't afford that <laughs> yeah. my, bit, my credit card. I can play it. Yeah, it'll probably be like... I, I personally think it'll be like four ninety five. I don't think it's going to be Look at if, Look, if you can do that with a discount code, I'm on it. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. What's Is Mark Wahlberg going to be in the Green Lantern? Uh, I have no idea if this is real or not. I mean, him being in the Green Lantern, but there's a photo with him hanging out with a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, characters from, uh, you know, the, what, you know. It's an bust. interesting wall he's yeah, got there. Yeah, wall of, you know, faces and things. Uh, and I was pretty much like, I don't want Mark Wahlberg in Green Lantern. And then Amy said one thing, and I instantly flip-flopped. I was like, instantly like, I was 100% no, and I was like, absolutely not, no. Transformers, No. Sorry, Roka. No. And then, and then, and then, Amy, what'd you say? All I said was, "What if he plays Guy Gardner?" I was like, "Yes." We both were like, "Yes." yes. Roka's raising his hand. I was like, "Hell yeah, that is incredible." I mean, now I'm a hundred percent. If he was Guy Gardner, and then you like retiring and opening a bar. Come on, like Ben, like punching him up. I was like, "Now that I'm on board for so hard. That's so good." Now I can't. Like, I'll be ultimately disappointed now. If he has like, to get the haircut, yeah, though. Yeah, he's got to get the bowl cut. He's perfect for Guy Gardner. Like, the dick Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I'm 130% with that one. I think that would be the only thing that, you know, you can do with him. Again, we still don't know who would be Hal Jordan, who's going to be Jon Stewart. But if you have him as Guy Gardner, you know, he doesn't even have to play him. He could be, like, the bartender that you keep going back to. He never does anything, though. He's just like... Look, I've been there before. I don't want to deal with it. You know, you can be that dick like you deal with it yourself. Have this drink. I'm fine with that. But again, there's still other open spots around the DCEU. 
You know what I'm saying? So everybody's going to go first to Green Lantern Corps because that's the movie we haven't heard anything about yet. Right. Like I was telling you before we started rec- we started filming, could he be Batman? I understand they're going younger, but this Batman that we have in BVS and Justice League, he's been doing it 25 years, 20, 20 years like now. So he could be that younger version of it. We don't know. There's so many things they can do. They yet to say, but to see him around all those headshots, either he's a stalker, <laughs> he daydreams a lot, <laughs> or something is in the work and they haven't told us. I want all three of those to be true. <laughs> <laughs> that's his yeah, I want that to be part of that, that vibe in the movie. Um, yeah, and I'm not really bothered about Green Lantern. I sort of forgot about this until you stuck it on, on today's show. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to see Mark Wahlberg as Hal Jordan. I just think it'll be ridiculous. I'm just not that interested. I just think they, they've got to be really, really careful with the, the Green Lantern stuff now because it's been so badly mishandled it could look it could look utterly ridiculous and my fear is that what i'm going to see when finally it arrives regardless of who's playing hal jordan or uh, john stewart is that we're going to see another cgi puke fest it's just going to be like a mess on screen. I want to see something that sort of vaguely um, sort of resembles like that Thor Ragnarok-esque romp through space kind mm. of thing. Like, I want that. But, yeah, not that bothered by the Green Lantern thing. I definitely don't want Unless it's that, I don't want... I just don't want Mark Wahlberg. They just have to get a, an amazing director. Yeah, they you yeah. Know? I mean, somebody who knows how to direct. McCoy. He's supposed to be directing. Really? I think Chris <clears throat> McCoy is supposed to be directing. I want him to do Superman, so... That's what I personally would hope for, but hey, I'll take him on any of those movies. So, uh, Jeremy Renner is up for t- playing Twitch uh, Williams in Spawn. What do you guys think about that? Of Sam and Twitch, I don't know who's going to play uh, Sam, but Jeremy Renner is going to play Twitch. I'm all in. I think Jeremy Renner is a great actor, and he'll add a lot to that character. What do you think, Jay? I just want to see Jeremy Renner and Jamie Foxx share the screen together. That's what I, that's what I'm here for. Because Jamie can be serious and funny, so can Jeremy Renner. Mm. So that's what I want to see, if if nothing else. So you've got me in for it. Jamie Foxx as Spawn has me in, has me for it. But now you you put in Jeremy Renner, I'm still ready to go. What do you think, Amy? I think it's exciting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him sort of uh, transform. Sam and Twitch are. I, usually, you really have to lean on them to provide a lot of the sort of like life and color in, in a Spawn story, or like those early ones, that's kind of the role that they play, uh, and and so, like, it, hopefully he'll have a good time, and we'll have a good time watching, but I don't have super strong feelings on this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is Todd McFarlane's first directorial debut, so it's nice to surround himself with talent, Yeah, you know? He's got, you know, Jamie Foxx playing the lead character, and now he's got possibly Jeremy Renner playing the main, main lead character. What do you think? Yeah, like, I'm, I don't have super strong feelings on it either. Like, I think it's interesting. I really like Jeremy Renner. I know he doesn't sort of physically resemble Twitch in any way or anything. I don't think that matters. I think Jay's right as well. Like, I think that dynamic on screen could be quite fun. Mm-hmm. It could be quite interesting. But, yeah, I just... Last time I was here, they were just announcing all the Spawn stuff. That was, like, only a couple of months ago. So I just want to hear more news and, and see what happens. But, yeah, I don't have super strong feelings. Yeah, once they start shooting and we actually see yep. pictures on set, it'll be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to see pictures of Nick Cage playing, uh, you know, Spider-Man Noir, but he just got cast as uh, the Spider-Man Noir in P- the Spider-Verse. Now, he's actually playing the animated Superman in the Teen Titans <laughs> Go. 
Now his Nick Cage has got a brand new. He can play all the superheroes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I want to. I just like he could be Cosmic Ghost Rider when they finally do that <laughs> animated series. You know, like weird CGI dragons chasing his ass. I I love it. I think he'd be perfect. I mean, when I heard, I was like, hey, he's in the Spider Verse, and they said Spider Man Noir. I was like, damn straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you got? What do you think? You ain't got to see him, but you can hear him. That's how I feel about it. Right. You know, somebody made a great documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. What <laughs> happened and we saw what was going to be Nicolas Cage and Superman so to, to have him be just the voice in Teen Titans goes to the movies is great and to have him play that that old timey in a sense that 1933 Spider-Man and Spider-Man Noir mm-hmm. I'm for it yeah how about you Amy uh, have your fun, Nick Cage. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I think he's going to be great. Uh, I think it's fun to see him popping up in these unexpected roles. Uh, and and yeah, I'm just generally into it. It's, Spider-Verse gets more interesting by the second. It really does. How about you, Claire? Oh, my God. Like, the, the trailer was, like, goosebump times 11. Right. Like, it was so, so great. Um, I love how Miles Morales is front and center. And then you see a glimpse of, like, another Spider-Man maybe, like, talking to him and maybe coaching him. Who knows? But love the fact that Nick Cage has involved uh, Spider-Man Noir. Amazing. I'm, I'm so excited by this. So, yes, up for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they're not joking around when they say Into the Spider-Verse. I was like, what are they really doing? Now you know what they're really doing. I mean, <laughs> when you saw Spider-Gwen, you're like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, it's like, that full trailer was like excited never forget the line at the very end of the trailer how many spider-men are there about as many as comic-con which is the <laughs> truth <laughs> very true hey if you want to find out about superman as nick cage check out my doc the death of superman lives what happened tdoslwh.com you could digitally buy it right there batman number 50 was something else I avoided spoilers, and I'm glad I did. I don't know if you guys have read Batman 50, <laughs> The Wedding of uh-huh. Batwoman yeah. and Batman, but uh, Tom King, this is how I found out a whole bunch of spoilers dropped, like, a week before the New York Times bogus. Yeah, oh, and I was like, what? They're, like, dropping spoilers. So I totally avoided anything that said Batman 50, I would just skip over. Mm-hmm. So I, didn't, I was able to successfully avoid, because I don't really care about spoilers that much, but that one I was sort of like, I had never really thought it was going to happen, but how are they you, not going to make it happen, or could it happen? D- don't spoil it now after we've said it's worth it. No, no, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying I was, like, so unsure of, like, how are they going to make it happen? Mm. I was like, I want to I want to just wait and see, and I was not disappointed. I mean, how about you? I mean, if you can make it through that issue without, like, and, and not to just violate my own spoiler policy, but, like, it's certain exchanges with Alfred. Like, if you're not getting a little misty, yeah. like, you I, you might what, start again. Like, uh, I, I, you know, it's it's got the same strengths and weaknesses as, like, comic book things. You, 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 it's always going to be, like, and it's going to lead to whatever comes next. Uh, and they go, they go really ambitious with the sort of emotional storytelling, and I'm glad they did. And they got, like, a murderer's role of artists to contribute. Uh, and I, I thought the whole thing came off really well, and I definitely got a, a little misty. Yeah. Jay? Hey, man, I got emotional. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how I'm going to address No, it was a great, it was a great issue. It built up to a lot. And then, again, the, the Alfred and Bruce conversation, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but it will get you in the feels. Look, I'm a grown dude, and I was in my feels, <laughs> all right? Don't you judge me, Internet. I swear for the Lord. But it'll have you like that. Cry, baby. Hey, man, don't you judge have me. You not read it yet, have you not read it yet, Roka? Have you not read it, Roka? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you lies. He didn't but read it. It does. It gets you, and it's a great story. When you see the, the culmination of everything, you're like, 
well, damn. <laughs> That's without even spoiling it. You just right. say, well, damn. And it, it's a great one. I recommend it for people to read. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. I was like, I said, God damn. <laughs> it's like, it is like a, it, the last like five pages is a yep. page turner. What do you think? I had to speed read it. Uh, last night before I came in, but I like where they went with it, and like, I know understand why you guys got emotional. It's a, it's a really really great read, it's like a really really good one, and I I don't want to spoil or anything. It's really hard to say much without giving it away. I don't want to be like one of those dickheads online or anything, but just read it, like where it goes. It's very good. That's yeah, what I'm saying we'll spoil it next week. Yeah, giving <laughs> <laughs> this came out last week. Yeah. She had two full weeks, sweaties. You better read the comic book. So, or you could just go online and get spoiled like everyone else. Like we're, <laughs> but we're like holding back, so don't be angry with us. Let's talk about some comic books on our comic book pull list. Uh, right off the bat, we got Oblivion Song number five. Number four got Monstrous number eighteen. Uh, Savage Dragon number two thirty five. Amazing Spider Man number one. And then finally, Superman, number one. Mm. So, I mean, we've got a lot of number ones happening here from characters who have been around for decades. Always going to do reruns yeah, of them. We will always what? complain about it, and they will always do it, and yeah, we will always buy them. They're always going to do it. And you know what? It's because of the teams that they put on these books. So, you know, I'm actually excited about uh, Superman, number one, seeing what, where Bendis takes that character. Yep. Um, I liked his Man of Steel little mini-issues thing. Uh, I love uh, Monstrous and I love Oblivion Song. I think those two are really great. And uh, Savage Dragon, it's just one of those things where you sort of sometimes you forget that, you know, Eric Larson is one of the hardest working creators out there. He writes and draws his own comic book consecutively for 235 issues now. Like the man is like, you know, must drink like 400 cups of coffee out of what he's doing. And have a hell of a lot of carpal tunnel. Yeah. (laughs) I'll say he's very dedicated and he's he's single visioned. He's like, look, I'm going to draw this comic. I don't need to go do these other things. This is the thing I like doing. I've got a fan base who love it. That's all I got to do. And so more power to him. What do you guys think about the pull list? I really love Robert Kirkman. Um, not a fan of the Walking Dead TV series so much, right. but I do like him. <laughs> but I do quite like that. I really love The Walking Dead, I love Outcast. Uh, again, not a fan of the TV series. I really like Oblivion because I like a bit of sci fi, I like a bit of Kirkman, so that one's really interested me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spider Man, of course, like because I'm like the hugest Spider Man geek. But I'm also like an image geek as well. I think image are just the, the way that they turn out these amazing creative um, comics and the creators involved incredible so oblivion for me close second spider-man well i'm i'm very excited for the new uh spider-man run because i like i was super sort of late to the party i still have to like sit down with invincible this wonderful uh, achievement of a run that just recently wrapped up that was kirkman and ryan otley but that means that i've been kind of like late to the game on ryan otley but a bunch of my friends like customers at the shop who work in animation like he's an artist artist like, people are throwing this on their list just to see Ryan Otley do Spider-Man. Uh, and it's infectious, that excitement. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that issue in the, in the flesh. Issue flesh? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, so, yeah, that's, a, that's exciting to me. Superman's exciting to me. All the indies are exciting to me. And I'm going to pick this moment just so I don't forget. I did wear this shirt on purpose uh, because among Steve Ditko's other, like, I wasn't busy, I did an annual in the 90s. Uh, and I'm going to co-create some weird character who's going to beat Doctor Doom with squirrels. I'm sure 25 years later, that won't be anybody's favorite. Um, wow, so, so like, awesome. Ditko reaches further than you ever imagined. Uh, co-creator of Squirrel Girl, among everything else. Comics are amazing, the end. Who also beat Thanos. Uh, <laughs> She's unbeatable. She's it's unbeatable. 
I am excited to see this. You know, I, like I said, I'm, I love new runs for Amazing Spider-Man 1. Uh, Bendis' and Superman really has me interested. Mm-hmm. I really want to see where he goes with it. I, I trust him, and I want to just be able to immerse myself in it and be like, word, okay, that's my phone ringing, and just, you know, keep going. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I, I wasn't familiar with Oddly. I wasn't, just like you said. So I am excited to see where all this goes. Indie comics, I'm, I'm new to, and I'm getting more into them. I get the uh, press releases from Image, and they send so much stuff, and I'm like, word, I need to check this out. Because I had just got a couple of them. I was like, oh, I need to make sure I get these. Right. So I'm for it. Definitely. Uh, hey, guys, you can, don't forget you can subscribe to Collider Heroes on Podcast One or iTunes. If you're in your car right now, you've already subscribed. But if you want to, just go ahead and go online, get that so you can listen to us in your car. But you won't get to see our pretty faces. So it's your choice. I uh, want to remind everybody I'll be at uh, Boise, Idaho this coming weekend at Wizard World. So uh, use uh, the promo code SCHNEP to get 10% off. And, you know, that's just a special gift for you. Say 10%? I don't know. That's, that's okay, I guess. Um, and then, uh, hey, we're all going to be at San Diego Comic-Con doing weird stuff, walking around with a million other people sweating in this infernal heat, and then trying to find air conditioning inside. So we'll probably be sitting in panels and stuff, <laughs> of drinking water and having fun, <laughs> talking about superhero stuff with everyone else. So definitely, if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, you'll meet up with us. I'll definitely be there Friday and Saturday. Uh, I, have a, I have a booth I'll be signings at uh, inside on, on Friday and Saturday. And I'll probably do, uh, I'll reserve some kind of meet and greet on Saturday. I, I don't know where yet, but uh, I'll announce it then. Uh, you can find me uh, just on Twitter and Instagram, at John Schnepp. Where can people find you, Jay? Twitter, Instagram, at Mr. J. Washington, M-R-J-A-Y-W-A-S-H-I-N-G-T-O-N. And my YouTube channel, J-A-Y Washington 80. Amy? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Enthusiami or over on Geek and Sundry at the Wednesday Club, and we will have a panel at Comic-Con. Yeah, It's our first one for that show there, and we're going to talk about some comics. Exciting. Claire? I am on Twitter and Instagram, and Twitter is just WeClaire, and on Instagram it's WeClaire here. Awesome. And that's been Heroes 260. I'll see you guys Wednesday. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.